This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Are we going out foraging for some wild mushrooms? I kind of wish we were, but um, we, but we're not. We went foraging at the grocery store. For some supermarket mushrooms, which, you know... As, as far as things you get in the supermarket go, not that bad. Not that bad and really consistent. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to I talk about four, four kinds of mushrooms that, that you find in pretty much every supermarket these days, I think. So you got your, uh, your creminis, okay. your buttons, your, is that what they're called? Or white mushrooms, button mushrooms? I think, but you can also get a brown button mushroom, which to me is a cremini. Uh, is that okay? Oh so, God! Maybe we're gonna have to get out the old Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, no, we're not doing that. Oh, the seat of the pants. Here. Okay, okay, okay. Your portobellos, the mm-hmm. big guys, and shiitakes. And we should point out that cremini's are baby portobellos. Yeah, sometimes they're called baby bellas. <laughs> that's a, which, oh, that's that's a, a terrible good. name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I like mushrooms. I get supermarket mushrooms all the time. I cook them a lot. How about you? Uh, I am also a big fan of supermarket mushrooms, and I, I tend to really go for the cremini or the, or the brown button. Maybe they're the same. We'll never know. Um, let's not call it the brown button. That's just weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, the, the cremini is also my favorite, I think. Uh, it's, it's so versatile. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's got good flavor. It's easy to cook. Uh, I guess we're going to talk a lot about the, the cremini, but we're not going to talk at all about the brown button. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So, so let's, let's start with, with cremini. So, so you, you get them home. Uh, they are dirty. They are dirty. And there is this age old conundrum. Conundrum. Uh huh. How do you clean a mushroom? Do you just take a, like a dry paper towel or maybe a slightly damp paper towel and sort of wipe at the smudges of dirt? Or can you submerge it in water or rinse it or sort of scrub it? Under? Can you get it wet? I say you can get it wet. What I do you think? I do too. And Brandon did a little research, actually, just the oh, other night. We, we Mr. Had thought, Science. <laughs> um, it is, it, it's, it's a good mushroom season here in Seattle right now. Yeah. We're getting some morels. And we had bought morels, and they were really dirty, and we were trying to decide how to clean them. And Brandon did a little research and found that Alton Brown once did a super scientific Alton Brown-style test uh, to determine if the, if the mushroom was at all changed by uh, by being submerged in water. Uh-huh. And he found that it wasn't. 
Right. So how I don't see how you could possibly, I know we're not talking about morels today, but how could you possibly clean a morel without submerging it in water? You would have to use tweezers and you would yeah. die. Yeah, it would be terrible. It um, would be terrible. So, you know, I mean, I, I think the bottom line is it, it really does not, I, I don't know, maybe if you left it soaking in the water for a couple hours, you might have a bit of a problem. Right. But, but the point is they're, they're, they seem like they would be absorbent, but they're actually not. Right. Right. So I, I think that here on Spilled Milk, we're, we're going to go out on that limb and say you can clean your mushrooms with water. Yeah. Hose, hose those puppies down. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you need a power sprayer. But. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so Cremini's. One thing that I really like about them is that they, I totally lost my train of thought. Okay. Good, yeah, good. Maybe you should have a train of thought. Well, one thing I like about them uh, is uh, think fast, think on your feet, Matthew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they they work in all kinds of different cuisines. I mean, I mean, I made an Asian inspired thing today. You made a uh, kind of Italian Mediterranean thing. Mm-hmm. Both with cremini's, both terrific, and both very very different. Yeah, you know, one thing that's also interesting about cremini's. Is that, um, and, and I, I assume this is probably true for all mushrooms, but my experience with it has been with Cremini's, is that if you buy them and you kind of let them sit around for a while, um, the flavor gets more intense. Yeah, and I think it's not just because they're losing moisture, um, because they're going to lose moisture when you cook them anyway. Some There's some kind of chemical reaction going on there, because like... Mushrooms that are that are on the verge of being too old to use are kind of great. We uh, at Delancey we use like thinly sliced mandolin creminis on a couple of the pizzas, and Brandon has often said that uh, that he you know he's considered buying mushrooms like a week ahead of time, slicing them and letting them just hang out in the walk-in. They do darken a little bit, but the flavor is so much more intense. I love that movie, Cremini's Mandolin. <laughs> Cremini's <laughs> Mandolin. The most expensive Cremini in the world. <laughs> um, oh, wait, that was the red violin. Yeah, but, but same deal. I, I have no idea what either of those movies was about. Um, but probably both about mushrooms. Hey, do you ever use the white button? Um, yeah, sometimes I push the white button. Yeah, sometimes sometimes uh, Lawrence Fishburne appears and he says, do you want the brown button or the white button? <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, th- I like the white button mushrooms fine. I kind of feel like the, the cremini is sort of all around what the white mushroom is trying to be. Yeah. So I, I never, I can't think of anything where I would, where I choose the white mushroom over the cremini. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. And they're even the same price mm-hmm. at the supermarket usually. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I like about creminis is that uh, they, they you get kind of a different experience with them depending how you slice them, and uh, and we we saw that today with the dishes yeah. we made. Um, which uh, I don't maybe we should talk about the dishes we made and then talk about chopping mushrooms and other kinds of mushrooms and stuff. So what did you make? So I made a dish uh, from Jamie Oliver. It's from his book Jamie's Italy, and it is probably the simplest dish in the world, other than maybe like a grilled cheese. <laughs> Um, you basically thinly slice some creminis. You don't want them to be any thicker than maybe a quarter inch. And you lay them out on an oven-proof platter or, or a sheet pan maybe that you've lined with parchment in a single layer and then put some nubs of mozzarella over it. Maybe for two people, you might like you might want half to three quarters of a normal size ball of fresh mozzarella. You're, I can see you're coming up with a joke. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say like for two people, like you know, 36 nubs. I thought, I thought we were going to go by, by nub. Is that quantity. how you think of me? Is that how you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As, go as on. a nub counter. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're artists in ham slicers, not nub counters. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you've got these thinly sliced mushrooms, single layer. You dot it with fresh mozzarella, drizzle some olive oil over it. Take the leaves from maybe a sprig or two of thyme and a little bit of salt and put it under the broiler for three minutes, maybe, till the uh, the cheese browns and bubbles. And then you eat it with bread, and it, it is so delicious. It is so great. It's really simple, but it's amazing how aromatic the thyme is, and the mushrooms get really aromatic. Yeah, and the mushrooms, I mean, thinly sliced cremini, they get... They have this kind of nice, uh, you know, slippery texture to mm-hmm. them that, uh, that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So my dish, I took the cremini and I quartered them, and then I basically made Kung Pao mushrooms. I, I want to see what would happen if I made Kung Pao chicken with just chunky mushrooms instead of chicken. It was tasty. Um, it was good. I, uh, I, I have to admit, I sort of missed the chicken, but, uh, you know, but I ate a bunch of it, and it was great. And I'll put the recipe up. You know, it's got, it's got a sauce. Uh, the, the thing that makes Kung Pao Kung Pao, in my opinion, is uh, black vinegar, which is a Chinese kind of fruity Chinese vinegar, and, of course, uh, roasted peanuts. And what I noticed about the mushrooms in your dish is, well, for one thing, they they were kind of talkative while they were cooking. (laughs) There was a lot of squeaking and squealing happening. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Um, But then when you bite into them, they've got this nice... um, like silky density. Yeah. They're not at all slippery. Like, and when I say slippery, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like the way that we think of the, the mushrooms in my dish, they got a little slippery. Um, yeah, the ones in your dish got really, they just felt nice between your teeth, really dense and, um, and silky. So if you're going to, if you're going to do a dish that involves sauteed mushrooms, how, how do you like to saute mushrooms? So, Uh, You know, actually, we were playing around with this with these morels the other night. Um, And and I think it depends on the kind of mushroom you're working with. I I think something like a cremini or or a button mushroom that's got a lot of um, even textured flesh to it. um, That I would probably just start in a, you know, a nice hot pan. I feel like you got to get some of the liquid out of it. Yeah. What we tried the other day with the morels was starting it in a hot pan, getting it to release some of the liquid and then adding some butter. And I don't know if that made any difference or if starting it in the fat would have done the same thing. Yeah, I feel like um, I, I do, if I'm, if I'm not making something Asian inspired, I do think uh, butter is really great as a medium for cooking mushrooms. I would, I would choose that over olive oil most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and a really hot pan, at least to start with, I think is really important. Or they start to just kind of yeah. steam and stew and, and never brown. And, uh, and they get kind of spongy. Yeah. Kind of like an eggplant gets kind of spongy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think we both agree on the hot pan, on is, the butter. Is, is spongy ever good? Is there anything that can be described as spongy that like you want to be spongy? Fried tofu? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. Aren't you surprised that I went with an Asian thing there? I mean, I'm usually, I usually get made fun of for the whole like. <laughs> Mediterranean thing. Francese thing. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go with the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Sponge well, cake. Sponge cake. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I was going to say, though, is that um, I think that two other things that are hard to uh hard to fault with mushrooms are cream of course and creme fra- and oh, creme fraiche absolutely and then a little splash of dry vermouth can be really nice oh that sounds good all of a sudden makes it taste very french though yeah that's not something i automatically reach for but i, I can certainly see how that would be great yeah yeah especially with cream so what about the other two mushrooms? So you got the portobellos um, that, uh, you know, when I think of portobellos, I usually think of like the grilled portobello mm-hmm. veggie burger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and um, which which I don't think is that great, but I do I, I, I do like grilled portobellos. I feel like portobellos had their heyday in the nineties. It's true. I, I like them a lot. I love the flavor of them. That said, I don't tend to buy them that much. Yeah, me neither. Why? I'm not that excited about cooking them whole. Yeah. I'm just not. And I feel like if I'm going to cut it into strips or dice it or something, I'm just going to use a cremini instead. I think I think maybe it's because you don't grill much, and I don't either. That's true. Um, Here we're coming back to the the sad truth of spilled milk is that we're not grillers. I, I have this memory of like not long after moving to Seattle, going to this party where there were uh, there was a choice of uh, grilled portobellos or beef burgers, and uh, and I went with both, and it was great. That sounds fantastic. Um, like both on the same bun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm I'm picking up what you're okay, putting down. Good. Um, how do you feel about shiitakes? Uh, I like them a lot. Um, I think most people who really like shiitakes tend to prefer dried to fresh, mm-hmm. and I think I would agree with that. But I do like the fresh ones. I I especially like them. They're they're fine sautéed, but I think they're better um, uh, simmered in something because mm-hmm. then they get uh, a super chewy, almost spongy texture. Like you know they. They, they lose their own liquid and then absorb a lot of whatever you simmer them in, uh, you know, soy sauce, dashi, something like that. And so when you bite in, they kind of spit broth back at you in a delightful way. <laughs> Are they like the soup dumpling of, of mushrooms? They're the soup dumpling of mushrooms. Yeah. So I like to, I take the stem off because the stem is inedible and then maybe uh, if they're big, quarter them. And, uh, and then simmer them, and those are great. I I love the flavor of them. I always enjoy a dish that is made with them, but I will pick them out if they are in, if they're even actually quartered size. Like, I kind of want them to be in strips because I don't like that texture. Okay, yeah, they have they do have a very different texture than than any of the three closely related I feel other like you mushrooms. Could chew them for a long time. Yeah, I, I yeah. like that. I don't mind chewing. I, yeah. I, what what is your beef with chewing? <laughs> Um, I like chewing. I mean, I like chewing. I mean, I, yeah. Great. What do you think about raw mushrooms in general? I don't like them. No? I, they have like that kind of crumbly, I I just Mm. don't like them. They don't have much flavor and they have a weird crumbly texture and it's just not for me. The only way that I really like a raw mushroom is this, um, salad that I think Alice Waters first sort of wrote about or brought into the public eye, shaved fennel that's layered with thinly sliced cremini mushroom and some lemon juice and olive oil. You could also drizzle it with truffle oil if you're, if you're feeling, (laughs) feeling like it's a truffle oil kind of day. Um, But anyway, that there's something really nice that happens when the thinly sliced cremini soaks up lemon juice and olive oil. It works for me, but that is kind of the only situation, and that's kind of an unusual salad. Anyway, it's it's not. I, I definitely would not steer clear of the mushrooms on the salad bar. Yeah, that that's that's kind of what when you said raw mushrooms in salad, that's exactly what came to mind. The kind of broken up mushrooms in the little bin on the salad bar, like no, yeah, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, totally hear you. Anything else? I don't think so. I think I think that pretty much sums up my supermarket mushroom experience. You know what I like at the supermarket? I like when uh, when you get when they have little paper bags next to the mushroom section. I like putting the mushrooms into a little paper bag, like I'm packing my lunch. I like that too. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay, so uh, we're gonna put up the recipes for uh, kung pao mushrooms and uh, Jamie Oliver's. What what do you call that? I guess broiled broiled cremini with, with mozzarella. Yeah, that sounds so boring. Uh, but not boring. 
And uh, you can find us online, SpilledMilkPodcast.com. That's where the recipes will be. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast. Um, and uh, if you like the show, tell your friends. Tell your, tell your friends' friends. Uh, post it on Twitter. Post it on Facebook. Uh, you know, I've been thinking, uh, on the way over here, yeah. I was behind uh, this guy on a pretty sweet motorcycle. And he had a spilled milk bumper sticker? <laughs> no, he had this leather jacket on. And on the back, it looked like it was embroidered. I don't know if it really <laughs> was. But anyway, the back of his jacket said... It's not a lifestyle. It's a way of life. And I I'm, like sure that was, that. I'm sure that was a comment on his motorcycle riding, but I felt like, I feel like, you know, that's how I feel about spilled milk. Okay, really. good. I was wondering what this had to do with anything. <laughs> I feel like maybe if you really, if you really love spilled milk, get a leather jacket and embroider on the back. Spilled milk. It's not a lifestyle. Can we sell leather jackets? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come out with spilled milk. We're gonna work on jackets. our merchandise. Yeah, they're gonna be like eight hundred dollars through Cafe work Press. The, who's gonna work the merch table <laughs> at our at our uh, at our show, our punk rock show? Yeah, um, I I will work the merch table. Okay, <laughs> that I will I will do that for you. Okay, all right. So um, until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's having a truffle oil kind of day. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg, and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I like that sort of consistent texture that is uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that texture. Yeah.